Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The South is full of new quarterbacks galore. This is I, Rob Paul, aka the NFL schedule employee who gave the Bears four primetime games and a Thanksgiving game. And with me, as always, is AJ, Lawrence, Trask, Mills, Buck. One of these isn't like the others. Marchese. Yeah, it's it's uh it's Buck. He's just uh, he's special. Yeah, he's a little shorter and Drew Brees 2.0. Maybe, maybe. Today we're gonna grade every draft class from the AFC and NFC South. Let's going up to Vegas. Gonna set my draft. Gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven. Seven rounds in heaven with my lady Driving out to Vegas, baby Looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Sports. Culture. Takes. Take Line has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy Award winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery that's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear Take Line every Tuesday, wherever you get your pods. And if you want to get more access, deeper access in the sports talk realm, download the Locker Room app. It's a live, audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and to use. Talk to your favorite podcast hosts, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app, like AJ does every day of the week uh, after the Leafs win. AJ? Yeah, we're uh, previewing the Montreal Toronto Maple Leafs uh, playoff series. First time since uh, 1973. Uh, does the rivalry even have the juice anymore? Uh, we'll be talking about this uh, all week and ignoring the actual games. And all you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the league. Follow everyone in the sports realm and be notified when their room goes live. Like AJ's will. And on to the AFC South we go with our NFL draft grades. And speaking of live, the Texans. That's a live team. Right, AJ? Barely. David Culley steps in as head coach, 
and then they uh, they proceed to have one of the worst drafts. So <laughs> poor guy, I uh, feel like he's just going to be the scapegoat of this yeah. Texans downfall. Um, anyway, I give them a C minus. Uh, I give them a C. Um, oh, sorry, okay. v- value grade negative eighty one. They get their ass saved by Brevin Jordan. And it doesn't help that they had to trade so much to get Nico Collins. Yeah, no, that's also true. I didn't even factor that into my grade. Um, third round, it was when their first pick came about, 67th overall. Um, given the Deshaun Watson situation, I don't think it was a shocker that they went quarterback, but kind of felt like a misuse of a pick, given you have so few. They take Davis Mills, 67th. Um I was them. If I ran the Houston Texans, I would have just taken the best player available. You're in a strange predicament right now. Nick Casario is in his first year as GM. He spent the offseason just kind of signing mass amount of veterans. Um, and it just seems like this team is set up to fail no matter what, assuming Deshaun Watson doesn't play this year. Um, you've signed to Rod Taylor. You brought in Ryan Finley, who's at least got a little bit of experience. I just, to me, it's your first pick in a group of, like, in a, what's going to be a small draft class. Take the best player available. Don't take a quarterback who, it feels like Davis Mills is going to have to start games this year, and it's not going to go well, and it will, three years from now, be a wasted pick. What do you think? Um, I think that's all uh, very, very fair. I mean... Look, you know this team isn't competing. You know you're probably in line for the first overall draft pick, barring whatever the fuck happens with Deshaun Watson, which obviously uh, doesn't look good in the least. Um, so I, I agree with you. Like, why reach? It'd be one thing if Davis Mills, you know, fell, but he didn't. You reach for him. Maybe you panic because the other quarterbacks are going. And yeah, like you said, they got Tyrod on the roster, and um, for a team that has the outlooks of the Houston Texans. I don't I don't see why that's more than enough. But yeah, I don't know. Uh new new regime, they took a quarterback. It's not it's not shocking in that terms and it's obviously not shocking with the what the Watson situation. So, yeah, I mean in a vacuum, I, it's not I, I think this pick is better than the Trask and the Mills pick. Um and the Mon pick, to be completely honest. It's it's maybe not a lot more better. Just a, but it's maybe more like more more understandable, more understandable, and right? yeah, more understandable for, for for sure, for sure. Just a couple of picks that went after that Mills pick. If you're Houston, I'm I'm arguing just take the best player available. Yeah, Jalen Mayfield, Joseph Asai, Brady Christensen, Aaron Robinson, Aleem McNeil. That's the next five picks. I would much rather have any of those five. Uh, agreed. I mean, the, 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 then their next pick, 89, they trade up for Nico Collins. Good fit, good pick, but they give up a lot to get the 89 to take them. Yeah. They, to me, at, at 67, you could have get a better wide receiver in Diami Brown, get a better receiver in Amari Rogers. Um, they, they trade up, they get, they get Nico Collins kind of right around the range. Everyone I think was expecting, um, more of that big power forward on the outside, should be a nice compliment to what you assume is Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb as your starters. Um, yeah. Hey, Cooks, another 1,000-yard season. People keep forgetting. My God. Um, 
do you how, how do you feel about the Colin Speck? You're a little higher on him than I was. Well, I think yeah, he would be uh, uh, if the Deshaun Watson situation was not going on. I think he would be a fantasy rookie darling, really. Yeah. Um, but obviously, given that Terod Taylor slash Davis Mills is probably his quarterback, yeah, it might take some time for him to see some production, but. I think it's a, a pretty worthwhile swing if you remove the factor that they traded to move. No, to, I, I to agree. Travis. Agree. Like I had him one hundred four, so like the value is fine for me. Um, like I, I always assumed he would go top one hundred. So as long as he's going in this range, I think it's very reasonable. Um, yeah, it's just you know ignoring the trade. What was it? Fourth and a fifth and a fourth next year or something like that. And that's uh yeah, I think that's what it was. That's that's a lot to go to go up from one hundred nine to eighty nine, um, especially for a team that. It's clearly going to be in a full-on rebuild. Um, and obviously, Nicole Collins is not going to be the one at the center of bringing the Texans back from this. But, no, in in the context of I like the fit a lot, uh, I like the player, um, he's definitely going to be your receiver, too, for a while. Um, I don't hate it, but, yeah, just if when you throw the trade in there, um, especially when this roster is so shit, it's, that's, that's what makes it bad. If they had stayed at 109, some of the receivers that went after that, well, this Fitzpatrick went 109. Yeah. Uh, more on that in a bit. But after that, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Darden, Tylen Wallace. Those are three guys I would rather have at 109 than making that move to taking Equal Collins at 89. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, especially Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I, I, I know, obviously, Nico Collins is more of that true X with the um, yeah. kind of that power forward build and the 50-50 ball potential. And may, maybe we're, we're underrating him a little bit because he was an opt-out and we didn't get to see him take that fourth season of progression at Michigan. Great but, senior bowl. Yeah, he did really have a great senior bowl. Um, and I think he'll be an impactful player for them. I just, uh, yeah, I guess when you look at the whole, the Texans class as a whole, just, I don't know. He's a bad taste in your mouth. But in the fifth round, their next pick, 147, they take Brevin Jordan. Great value there. A guy who fell, f- f- like, I think, for the most part, after his testing numbers, mm-hmm. he assumed a bit of a fall, but I didn't think all the way to 147. Is he the best tight end on the roster immediately? I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be tight end one, but is he the best one there? Uh, I mean, you yes. still Because I think you are if you look at yeah. the – their tight end group, Jordan Atkins, probably their starting tight end. Oh, what a terrible pick that was. En- entering fourth year, and he's already tw- 29. <laughs> um, Kale Waring, a guy who I loved coming out of San Diego State, has not been able to stay healthy. Nope. I like. I wouldn't be shocked if by ha- halfway through the year, Brevin Jordan is playing a fair and significant snaps for them. Yeah, I think uh, obviously that is clearly their best selection, and it's not even close. Yeah. Like, I think, ultimately, you're looking, like, Atkins is your move tight end, and one of, like, Ryan Izzo and Kale <laughs> Waring is your inline guy, and Brevin Jordan, to me, there's way more upside just giving him reps. I mean, he's still only 20, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, so, I, and I think, obviously, we just mentioned the, the lack of wide receivers on the roster, so I I think he'll get some decent looks this year um, in the passing game in general. So, I mean, it, between Brevin and Jordan and New Collins, I like both picks. Um, and Jordan's a, a steal, a big steal in my opinion. 
So like they did good there, but then I, I don't I don't even think they they finished up strong. <laughs> like you know what I mean? I, it's a it's a bad class. Yeah, and then the next two picks, Garrett Wallow in the fifth round, who I thought was an un, high priority undrafted guy. Yeah, me too. Um, would he he missed the Senior Bowl because uh, of COVID, but didn't like didn't I, I, the the absolute top of what I saw on his tape would be a impact special teams player. Um, and then Roy Lopez in the sixth round, who was an undrafted type of nose tackle that I guess in theory is providing depth. But I I thought, again, given the context of how small this class is going to be and where the, they, they sit right now as a franchise, you like I would have much rather seen them take big swings. Like, boom, boom. Like, these felt like safer picks, if you know what I mean, to, like, guys who will make the roster. But boomer like taking a boomer bus pick there and like kj Britt went after wallow which blows my mind cam mcgrone went after wallow like that blows my mind those are two way better guys on tape with far more upside uh so that that that's that pick really did not sit that well with me i guess and then i mean after roy lopez i know you're you're kind of going after a nose tackle there but like curious tonga we were talking this is last show yeah he fell all the way to 250 and he he to me was one of the top three true nose tackles in this class. And like, I don't know. I just don't totally get it. I don't totally get what this draft plan was or if there was a plan. I think, I, I think it was just, we want our own quarterback and we need a pass catcher. And then after that, they just didn't really know what they were doing. Yeah. Fair. You know who always knows what he's doing, AJ? Uh, uh Nope. Chris Ballard, because Chris GM in football. It's funny because like I mean I like Chris Ballard, but I I always never come away like blown away by the classes, and you always love them. I I just K I only gave the Colts a B. That's probably the lowest grade I've given them since he's taken over as GM. I, I gave them a B minus and a value rate of negative one sixty two. I mean, uh, there's no doubt about us both loving their first round pick, taking Quiddy yeah. Pay twenty one perfect fit has that um that experience playing inside and outside the type of edge that ballard has shown he has loved uh throughout his history as the gm for the colts really twitchy freaky athlete with the versatility to play up and down the line i think he's gonna be i can't wait to see him playing next to um um, deforest buckner like i think that's gonna be a treat they have a lot of interesting defensive line depth because they take him and then the next pick it's surprising and and, and they take Deo Odeyingbo from Vandy, one of my favorite players in the class, who it kind of felt like he would go later because he's coming off the torn Achilles. Mm-hmm. Another guy who's a really great fit with that inside-outside ability. Played a lot of 4-I and 5-tech at Vandy. Um, but violent hands, crazy length, really good athlete. I'm excited to see how they deploy those two uh, going forward. Yeah, I like the top of the draft. I mean, especially the Cody Pay pick. I, I thought that was... Uh... A pretty perfect pick when they made it, and like you said, it's it's going to be very tantalizing to see him next to DeForest Buckner, and you can kind of already feel like he is going to be a better professional football player than he was a college football player, which yeah, you can get that from the tape and get that from the way he was deployed at Michigan, and I think the Colts are going to fix it up. And then coming back and get getting a Deodi Yangbo, that, that's going to be super fun, like you just said, to see how they're both used. And, like, the Colts feel like, like if you look at it, their defensive line on paper, it's like, eh, but then you watch a Colts game, and they're getting pretty good production. So from getting those two guys, and obviously Buckner coming in last year, um, 
like finally guys with some like I'm not I'm not saying they, they had no talent, but like they've done such a good job just finding guys and developing them. Uh, so now now spending some um, some solid capital on them, seeing those guys uh, for the close defensive lines could be pretty awesome. Yeah, Matt Eberflus is one of the more creative defensive yeah. coordinators in the NFL, so I'm really excited to see how once Deo's fully healthy too, how how they get those two uh, on, on the field with DeForest Buckner. Uh, and it's interesting because Pay's a really like freak show of an athlete, right? Who won a lot by playing with good leverage and, and great uh, good speed of power. And I want to see how he develops his hands. And on the other side of it, Deo's got really underrated hands. So they kind of they're both these where Pay is kind of shorter, stocky. Deo's really long, yeah. thick, heavy-handed, but Pay's a ridiculous athlete. I I want to see if they're like. Are there going to be packages where they've got Buckner and Pay on the inside, Odiengbo and like uh, out at edge with Chemical Ture? Like they have all these really interesting edge guys who mm-hmm. they've like Ture's not put it all together. I mean, they took Tiquan Lewis a couple years ago, Ben Banagu. Like they've they've swung on these guys, but you're right in, in that they they haven't taken a guy obviously as early as they took uh, take a guy like Quiddy Pay and mm-hmm. Pay feels just like the perfect fit for what Eberflus is going to do. Yeah, like like I think Banigou was 49 and I thought that was a reach at the time, but the talent and the the, the athleticism is there. But like you just said, uh, all those pieces there, they can throw out some really fun versatile looks at you and um I I I like both of these picks. I think the rest of the, the class I could really take or leave, but I think they started they started strong. Yeah, they've taken so Taekwon Lewis, Ben Banigou, and Chemical Ture, all three of them are second round picks. None of them have I forgot really, Lewis was a second have, round pick. I didn't like that either. But yeah. I like the Ture pick. No. And yeah, like you said, he but hasn't none really of, panned none out. None of them none of them have really yeah, put it all together. No. But to me, Deo is a far better prospect coming out than really any of those three guys. Less of a project, definitely for all all three of those guys were kind yeah. of like you see the, the, the glimpses, but it wasn't all there and, and Ture I thought was the best of the three, but um, yeah, I think, and it just, you know, those guys more so they have a role and you're deploying them that way, but with Pei and Odiangbo, uh, both versatile dudes. And then the fourth round, they count, they go and get, they get Kylan Granson, who I, I liked a lot. SMU kind of moves tight end jumbo mm-hmm. slot. He, to me, remind me a lot of Trey Burton, who obviously played <laughs> for the Colts yeah. and the Colts love having three tight ends. They've got obviously Jack Doyle as their classic in line. Mo Ali Cox is the mismatch, and then Kylan Granson gets to come in and be that kind of more of that H back move fullback type tight end. I think it was a bit early for me, but I really thought this was a a, a fit that made a ton of sense. Yeah, no, I agree there. Like uh, I had him six, I had one ninety one. He went one twenty seven. Um, so early for me as well, definitely. But the fit makes a lot of sense. Like you just said, <laughs> you remind me a lot of Trey Burden. So. He's going to come in and have a specific role in mind immediately. So when you're doing that for a guy at 127, uh, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all because it's better than, you know, picking a guy and like, okay, maybe we'll see, find him somewhere, blah, blah, blah. So, but when you got a specific role and you take him after, you know, the, the 120 mark or top, even top 100 mark, uh, I don't think you can bang a pick like that too much at least. No. No, for sure. Fifth round, they get a guy who I, I like uh, a fair amount in Sean Davis. I thought this was right around where I had him. Like the fit. Can provide depth to um, Kari Willis. Uh, play special teams. Big time striker of a uh, of a defender at safety. Um, 
I, I like this pick. I assuming you don't like his. No, I don't. I don't like Sean Davis at all. But funny enough, I, I didn't like Curry Willis, and I didn't like really like Blackman. So I've been wrong. But yeah, I, I'm just not a. I'm not a fan of Sean Davis. Uh, I don't even have a draftable grade on him. I just. Oh really? Okay, so I had him like right at this, like right around here. I think I had him like. Let me check. Um, yeah, I had him 163. So right around here. Mm-hmm. I love his physicality and the effort, and I thought he had pretty good feet uh, and and uh, instincts in, in zone coverage. So I, I think he's a good depth piece, and I think he's going to provide a lot of special teams. And, yeah, like like you said, Ballard's done a good job finding diamonds in the rough at safety. Yes, for sure. Um, sixth round, they come to get your guy, Sam Ellinger. <laughs> Speaking of a diamond in the rough, baby. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of guys who I didn't have a draftable grade on, uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. That says to me that they didn't love what they saw from Jacob Eason. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, because uh, like if you if you liked a, like if you at least saw signs of impressive things with Jacob Eason, you assumably would feel comfortable with him going in as your mm-hmm. backup. Um, I still think they need to sign a veteran in general. Uh, they, they bring in now Sam Ellinger, who Sam Ellinger would be interesting as your move tight end. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, it just feels like a complete uh, throwaway of a traffic to to me. I mean, Fra- Frank Reich saw Taysom Hill in one of his own. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Frank Reich can back up quarterbacks. If he's got his eye on one, watch out. Uh, and then seventh round, they take Mike Shacken. Um, Charleston receiver and Will Fry's offensive line, Penn State. I I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Sean, um, I think, isn't it? Sean. That's how I would. I've never heard it said, or if I if I, I, did, I can't. I know. Remember. I love him though. I love him, and I love this pick. I think it's a great seventh round swing. swing yeah. On a freaky six five jump ball receiver who you throw on his tape at Charleston like nobody could cover him. It's hilarious. He's dunking on everyone. I I really thought this was a. Now it's it's risky in terms of special teams is how he's going to have to make this team and I don't know about that but practice squad I think is a good place to get a guy like this no I think that's fair and then like Will Freeze uh, 248 sure why not he's <laughs> probably about where he should I, go I mean, guards guard tackle versatility yeah. good size had some like inconsistent at Penn State but you could see the flashes I think that was a solid pick yeah so it's Again, I, I think I've given B's for all of Ballard's classes, and obviously they've worked out better than that. Like somewhere in the B range, I mean. So, uh, mm-hmm. but another one, B minus. But I, I do think this is, I don't know, I like the top, but I think it might be, I don't know, but I don't know. I'm not sure about the rest of the group. Yeah. On to the Jaguars, where uh, obviously there's a first pick, Urban Myers in charge, they take Trevor Lawrence. That is what elevated their grade to a B minus for me. Is they got Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence is what elevated their grade to a B for me. Uh, obviously, you couldn't go wrong. That was your guy. You had to get him. I mean, there's not a lot to be said here. It was the right pick. He is your franchise. Uh, welcome to Jacksonville, Trevor. But what I really at 25 taking Travis Etienne. They said Urban really wanted Kadarius Tony. Kind of a head scratcher, but yeah, uh, they don't get him. They settle for Travis Etienne, where they've just signed Carlos Hyde. They they obviously have James Robinson coming off an undrafted rookie, a thousand yard season. Didn't feel like a necessary need. Um, I'm 
interested to see how they use him because if you're taking him as the backup plan to Kadarius Tony, is there more of a diverse deployment of him? Mm. Or do you do you think it's going to be like week one and Travis Etienne is playing like 10 snaps behind James Robinson? What do you think about this? I, I don't know. Like they, they did call him their, their RB3 pass-catching guy, but I, I don't like this pick. Uh, for everyone involved except for Trevor Lawrence, because he's got to be happy that <laughs> Travis Etienne's coming along. But yeah, for the for the situation, I don't I don't I don't think it's a good home for Travis Etienne. And obviously, I'm the biggest James Robinson fan in the world, so that pisses me off. Um, look, I I I would say yeah, you, if you're drafting him at 25 with Robinson on the roster, you got to have a plan for him. Um, and like you said, they want a Kadarius Tony. Right now, I have zero faith in the way urban myers can it's so early like but right now i don't i don't it's, have faith i cannot give urban meyer the benefit of the doubt right now oh, i could be completely wrong obviously but <laughs> right now the way he's conducted going to the tim tebow thing too uh since he took the job i don't have any faith or i can't give him the benefit of the doubt in any situation right now uh, so taking a running back when you have a good one on the roster in the first round i think it's fucking stupid it's interesting because a lot of the time when there will be maybe a reach in terms of value, you'll understand it in terms of fit, right? Kylie yeah. Granson's a good example of that with the Colts in the fourth round. A lot of their picks, Trevor Lawrence excluded, felt like not amazing fits Yeah, no, when the value is bad. So it's, it's kind of hard to well, wrap your head around why you make the, those picks. If you ignore position, uh, I had ETN 24th on my board. And I, I don't think either of us, yeah, obviously don't draft a running back in the first round, but it's not like taking, you, you kind of expected him to go in the back back end of the first yeah. round. So it's, it's, it's more about them doing it. I don't yes. get it when you have so many other needs as Jacksonville. You need to get, uh, like, you need so many, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the defensive line is a big issue to me. Um, the safety core, uh, they, they take Andre Sisko, and I, I, I like that fit. But there's just when in doubt, draft an offensive lineman, I believe, as well. I don't know. It just seems like they weren't the team to take a luxury swing in Travis Etienne at 25. Yeah, no. I, I, I totally agree. I think the only time when you do the, the luxury swing is like if you're the Chiefs last year. But did that really yeah. work out? too early to tell but not really like it didn't put them back to that i mean it got them back to this world but it didn't put them over the top um again um yeah second round second round they they take tyson campbell they take walker little tyson campbell am i i'm not shocked he went this early mm-hmm. a really high upside guy i i thought he was more of a early third round guy um my question is Again, with fit in terms of apparently they're moving him to nickel where he's never played. He's more of that classic long press man yeah. outside corner. They they obviously draft C.J. Henderson. They signed Shaq Griffin. So those are your outside guys. What the so fuck? I just, again, I don't totally get the fit thing. I I didn't I didn't know they're moving to nickel. I When they drafted him, like, I like the player more than you. I don't, I don't 56, so a slight reach, but I'm not surprised, like you said. Um <laughs> Honestly, when they drafted him, I kind of forgot that they had Chad Griffin on their roster. Um, and, and then I realized, I'm like, wait, where the hell is, is Campbell fitting in? And why would you move him to nickel? Like, what's <laughs> – I don't know. I mean, look, secondary in general need for the for the Jags, 100%. It was 
probably the biggest need on the roster. But like when you could have gotten uh, Trevon Merrick Trevon there, Mo- yeah, and, and who is the ideal single high safety in this class? And you're or, assuming, yeah, yeah, that their single high was a ton of what Urban Meyer's teams at Ohio State played. You're assuming they're gonna be playing that to some extent, or just even ignoring the single high specific- specificity. It's he's the best safety in the class. Yeah, and and uh, you know Holland won a couple picks after two. Who would have been a better pick as versatility? Same as Richie Grant. Uh, and, and yeah, then, but Richie Grant and Javon Holland, if you really want a nickel, yeah. he's got the versatility more than that, both of them. Yeah, and then like, and then it, it, uh, seeing where the rest of the corner group went to, like a lot of the guys kind of fell further than I thought they would. And then I, I again, I agree with the Cisco fit, but I thought it was another reach. So it was like forty picks early. Yeah, forty-one exactly. Adam one hundred six. He went sixty-five for me. Um, so, so doing again. I'm cool with the fit with Andre Cisco, but too early. And again, in the context of where the other guys slid, I thought that was really a, a wonky strategy or a lack of strategy. And then with the Walker Little pick, yeah, you're banking on a guy who basically played one season of college football, has that five star pedigree, massive athletic guy. But if you if you go off just his freshman tape, he was a technical mess. Mm-hmm. And the one game he played against Northwestern in 2019, like you could see the improvements, no doubt. But like I I don't think that gets you drafted 45. I thought he's a fourth round project. You're taking him 45th, then you're thinking this is your. I'm assuming you're thinking he's your future left tackle. It's an- um, yeah, it's another one where and- your roster stinks. Um, I I thought he was one. He had him 102. And there's there's no clear fit for him, and I, he is a guy that you know you don't want to start immediately, anyways. Obviously, they they can afford to not have to start anyone, but why are you taking that at forty five when your roster's so bad? You also you also pass on Tevin Jenkins twice yeah. at twenty five and thirty three, um, and yeah, and Liam Eikenberg, who I I totally. I, I, I don't like Liam Eikenberg went higher than I would have taken him, but he was such a safe bet. Yeah. Like that was, I, I just think everyone trusts Liam Eikenberg is going to start for a decade. Walker Little's like the anti Liam Eikenberg. <laughs> Pretty much. So I thought that was another huge swing. I guess, yeah, the Cisco pick, in terms, I really do love the fit. I think this is a great place for Cisco to land where he, at Syracuse, he was at his best playing deep single high. He's really good in zone. He is. Struggles a lot in man coverage. Yeah. But it's still, yeah, it was like 30, 40 picks earlier than expected. Um, fourth round, Jay Tefeli and Jordan Smith. I thought those were solid picks, both good picks. Yeah, I really like the Tefeli pick. Uh, like you already said, uh, defensive line was a need. Uh, you know, Devon Hamilton looked really good from them, but uh, nothing nothing much else on the interior. So I think I think the Tefeli pick is, the, well, outside of Trevor Lawrence, is the best pick that they made. Um, I like that pick a lot. And then Jordan Smith at 121. I, I had him a little, little lower, but not much. Um, I like that swing a, a lot because, you know, they, they still have needed edge. They Caleb Von Chason uh, immediately looked like a bust. You know, th- there's just not much uh, outside of uh, Josh Allen out, uh, rushing the passer there. So um, I, like the, I like the swing of Jordan Smith, that big um, height, weight, speed, freaky kind of dude. Uh, so I think, I think those two picks after Lawrence are, are better than anything else they did. Yeah, Jordan Smith's got the tools you you yeah. bet on the fourth round, yeah. I think. And obviously the production at UAB, and you think you can kind of develop it all. And if he can use his hands with a little bit more consistency, get stronger at the edge, I think he could become a, at least a high-end rotational guy. And Tefeli, um, this is right around where I had him. 
I think he's a really interesting guy to stick beside Devon Hamilton. Felly more of that three three tech one yep. gap penetrator dude, who he plays with incredible leverage and hot 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 motor. It's just with him is again, kind of unlocking those hands and I, I, I it's hard to trust this group without really <laughs> staff without really knowing and they have not set the bar high early, but I, I do like the fit of him beside Devon Hamilton for sure. Yeah, that's got the potential um, to be a, a long term solid ideal group. Fifth round, it wouldn't be a Jags draft without taking a tight end, and Urban obviously had to get a Buckeye. So Luke Farrell, this was, I, I thought, again, priority free agent type player who could carve out a, a bit of a career as a blocker. Um, I don't know, they took him to the fifth round. I'm assuming the he, they don't have a good tight end on the team, so I don't know. Uh, oh, wait, they have Tim Tebow. Tim Never Tebow, mind. baby. Um, uh, I think this, like, in... in... I don't know. In 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 the in a vacuum, I think this is the worst pick they made. I don't because I don't know. Luke Fair. It's one forty five. I will say. I know it's not. It's I, not I high, will say but... like I think he'll stick because I think he'll stick at the NFL as a blocking tight end though. Fair enough, but still, why you draw? Why you drafting him? Oh no, I I'm I'm with you there. Maybe Jalen. Obviously, in the sixth round they take Jalen Camp from Georgia Tech. Move tight end. Maybe, maybe. that's the plan. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, freaky athlete. See that that Jalen Camp pick. It's probably a round earlier than I would have done it. But big swing on a height, weight, speed guy. I, I, that's fun. yeah, round earlier. But their last pick, so I I don't I don't mind it too much. Exactly. But no, the Farrell. This was when the you, first pick in the fifth round. Luke Farrell. Like, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. You went out. You went ahead of Brevin Jordan. That's insane. That's insane. That's insane. Uh, oh well. B minus. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, finally, the test. The I don't know if I said the value grade. Minus 205. Oh, no. Pretty good. <laughs> Tennessee. Finally, the Titans, who earned my high grade from the AFC South, with an A-. minus. A-, minus. yeah, me too. And uh, a value grade of minus 62, but uh, that is, that's not a terrible one or anything. Um, first round, they, they're they the ones that bite the bullet, take Caleb Farley, 22. A guy who, without the injury history, probably goes top 20. If he is healthy, I think this is your future number one mm-hmm. corner. Slam dunk pick. F- fantastic athlete. Still learning the position. Incredible length to go with physicality as a press man guy. Great click and close. Um, yeah, it's just the only question is the, the history of injuries. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I love that they're the team to, to- – to take the bullet on this one. Um, they just cannot figure out the corner position. And they've been trying for so long. Uh, call it the curse of Cortland Finnegan or the curse of Pac-Man, whatever you want. It feels like they just cannot get the corner position right. Uh, and I think they did here. And, yeah, he, he he might take some time, like you said, new to the position and coming off the injury. Uh, but just like the Jeffrey Simmons pick, I think this is going to be a really, really good pick uh, a year from now or two years from now. Obviously, last year they took Isaiah Wilson in the first yeah. round, which was a huge swing at the time. Uh, he's no longer on the team. So I like that in the second round. They take a really safe mm-hmm. right tackle pick in Dylan Radens, who I think is a perfect fit for what they do. Mauling run, run blocker who isn't going to wow you with athleticism. And the lack of length can be sometimes cause issues in pass protection. But this is, I think, perfect match team to player yeah no i i really really do love this pick and he, he he did test pretty solid too so i mean um right around where i had him 
like you said, I think it's a great fit. And like obviously a need after not getting Isaiah. Sorry, after not getting anything out of, out of Isaiah Wilson last year. And, which was, I mean, we could have told you at the time one of the worst picks of the draft. And, I mean, clearly it was the worst of, for multiple reasons. Uh, but, no, Raiden's, I, I like that. I like the pick a lot. I think really um, – they, uh, the the the, Tex- the Titans did really well. Like uh, going to ninety two, I'm not a big Monty Rice fan, but I know you kind of liked him. I I thought he, I had him like one forty one on my board, um, but I kind of I like the fit. So so here, sell me sell me on the Monty Rice pick a little more. So so I had him one eleven. So no, I have no good, issue yeah. taking him yeah. here, especially uh, with the, this team. Um, they didn't pick up uh, Rashawn Evans' fifth year option more because of the cap the cap situation they were in. Uh, apparently, they plan to, rather than pick it up, sign him to the extension. Um, they have Jalen Brown back on a one-year deal. I think Monty Rice is the future next to Rashawn Evans. Uh, really physical, downhill, uh, explosive striker who he, the the lack of length yeah. can show up in, in stacking shed. Um, but I think sideline to sideline guy high energy everybody loves the the, the football character i think he plays really good instincts yeah um, i agree reads keys pretty consistently the the uh, basically the, the two knocks are consistency and coverage and and his lack of length with shedding blocks but i think stick him next to mm-hmm. a cycle like rashawn evans and let, just let him hunt against the run like he reminds me a lot of Quan Alexander. I I, I think it's a good. Fit. I I think it is a good fit too. So like I didn't grade the the pick individually too too bad. I just thought slight reach, uh, decent need, but I do like the fit. Now I, I agree with you there. But God, yeah. It makes you feel better that at a hundred they come and get Elijah. <laughs> yeah, they could, they could have done anything ahead of this, and I would have felt better about their class if they got Elijah Molden one hundred. I don't know why. I, I don't. It's just the classic the NFL. But, I mean, we saw, we saw, like, Nichols and smaller guys. Like, Javon Holland still went high, like, where he should have went. And I, I don't know why Molden went 100, but it's a, it's a fucking slam dunk, home run, uh, touchdown. Wait, no, that's the same sport. Of a pick. Um, <laughs> so, uh, look, I think Molden comes in and he's your day one starting nickel, and, and that's it. And I, I think it's so much fun how much, like, they always keep drafting the nickels that we like, and I, I love it. No no team needed, probably needed him this late than more than the Titans where you just get a really high floor DB yeah. who can be a plug and play nickel be used as a bit of a weapon yep. too. really physical player, really smart player. Also great follow on Twitter. If you're wondering, um, I think this, yeah, I think this is money. He reminds me a lot of Kenny Moore guy in the conference already can play, play man coverage can has the fantastic instincts and eyes and zone good ball skills. Like he is a really just complete well-rounded nickel. Um, and in a division where you've got kind of, well, you don't know what's happening with the Texans, so let's ignore them for the conversation, but a really creative offense uh, with Frank Reich um, and assumably uh, a f- interesting, at least, offense with the Jaguars where they're going to maybe use Travis Etienne and LaVisca Chanel in different ways, and you, you're going to need a nickel on the field who's going to be able to get physical yeah. as hell, and I think that's money. Um Fourth round, two fourth round picks. Des Fitzpatrick, Rashad Weaver. Not a lot to say about the Rashad Weaver pick because uh, we find out after um, he assaulted a woman, and I, I'm kind of shocked he's still on the team. Should probably cut him. Yeah. But so let's not even talk about that one. Um, let's talk about Des Fitzpatrick because that's a guy I thought I liked. I didn't like him as much as the Titans liked him. 
I thought I liked him more than the consensus. Uh, really smooth, long slot. I had him 160 on my okay, board. Okay, so you're pretty high. I, I, yeah, but not this high. And in in the context of the receivers that went yeah. after him, um, I I thought that was pretty shocking. I again, I think he's a really safe p- pick. Remind remind me of Jacoby Myers with the Patriots, where he's this long, smooth slot. But you're a team uh, who receiver was a huge need because outside of AJ Brown, there's like nothing really proven. You lost your starting tight end, John Smith, yeah. right? Like their their second best pass catching option after AJ Brown is is uh, Josh Reynolds, the king. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, are we assuming Des Fitzpatrick is going to play a ton as a rookie? I think so, and like. He's the type that I feel like he could come in and play a decent chunk as a rookie. Like, like I, I agree with you. I just thought he was more like a six-round pick. Safe. Yeah, he's like a safe player. I, I Again, I like him a lot, and I think he could be a, a, a fourth option in an offense, yeah. but he might now be the second option in, in a playoff team's offense. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, kind of some some drops at the senior bowl too that i thought he had a really nice week um but then that kind of sh- shied me off a little bit he, yeah. he, some inconsistent yeah. hands he's just very smooth really good release repertoire i don't know i think he's safe at 109 it makes it doesn't make I sense don't... To, me, to be honest and again when the some of the guys who went after yeah. him uh okay their final two picks Racy McMath and Brady Breeze, both in the sixth round, both special teams picks. McMath, like he is going, like he is a height, weight, speed special teams yep. ace. Like that's how how he, he he wasn't drafted to be like a playmaking receiver. Uh, and Brady Breeze is a special teams king coming out of Oregon. I mean, safe bets to be productive on special teams. It's hard to knock it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like when you know you're you're gonna face the Chiefs in the playoffs or something, you gotta. And and they're throwing Tyreek Hill back there to return kicks and punts. Like, yeah, okay, you gotta, you know, you gotta upgrade your special teams. And in the sixth round, I don't mind, especially when it's Brady Breeze. Like, it's uh, I don't mind it at all. And you know what else you don't mind? Oh, uh, what's that, Ron? Making money at Bet. Amen, Online. brother. This week has tons of sports action as the MLB, NBA, and NHL are in full swing. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into this game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. And if you're hungry, you've been working hard, but you play harder. So treat yourself and stock up for some with some summer barbecues for your summer barbecue with Kansas City Steaks Company. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more. Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with your family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City strips, juicy steak burgers, and all beef jumbo hot dogs, 
and even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. You know who doesn't need any steak because they're already a mutant, AJ? Uh, I thought you were going to say, you know who's trapped had more sizzle than steak? That was way better. <laughs> <laughs> okay go go ahead the, the answer was kyle pitts uh yeah the Atlanta falcons uh kyle pitts fourth overall sizzle is it steak though rob i give them a, i give them i give them a b and a value grade of negative 133 pitts fourth overall if you're not going to take a quarterback i'm okay yep. with going and getting the best playmaker in the draft um he is, it's going to be interesting to see how Arthur Smith use him because obviously in Tennessee he had Johnny Smith, he had Delaney Walker, but he never like had to turn them into go-to weapons, right? They they were fun move tight ends that were utilized well, but like Kyle Pitts is a totally different animal. Um, and obviously in an offense that already has Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Um, I can't wait to see what Arthur Smith does with Kyle Pitts. And the fact that they have Hayden Hurst there and Lee Smith where Lee Smith's like obviously your classic only can block guy, and Hayden Hurst is more of an inline dude. Um, I, I'm really excited to see what the what the plan is with Pitts, how much he'll be playing in the slot and outside. Uh, I'm still saying I would have taken a quarterback, but it didn't happen, obviously. So whatever. Yes, yes, I know. Kyle Pitts is the second best player yep. in this class, yep. though. So if you're not going to take a quarterback, and Matt Ryan is still, I I think one of the ten best quarterbacks in the league. So I. I think it's more justifiable for them to not take a quarterback and take the second best player than some of the, some of these other teams. No, that that's fair. I will also add in, um, I know it's due to cap situations, but I wouldn't trade Julio Jones. I'd figure a way to keep him. Uh, one, he's your franchise yeah. player. He's the face of the franchise. Uh, and two, this Pitts uh, draft pick uh, means you're going in and you're, you're trying to find a spark right off the bat in Atlanta, which I'm fine with. Um, especially, like you said, he's the second-best player in the draft. Matt Ryan's still got a lot left. I'm cool with that. But turning, uh, t- taking Pitts and turning around and tr- trading Julio uh, feels like a mixed message a little bit. I, I don't I don't love that. So keep them both. Let's see what this offense can do because it's got, it's got big-time potential. Like, uh, if, if Arthur Smith, if you're good at your job, uh, this offense could be a top-10 unit in the league again. Second round. Massive need at safety. They take UCF's Richie Grant, um, a dude who can play safety, can play nickel, look good playing corner at the Senior yeah. Bowl. Um, how do you feel? I, about I'm this? a big Richie Grant fan. I, I so I, I love this pick. He was he was my second safety uh, on the board. And like you said, big need. Um, like you just said too, first tell as hell. He can be your every man on the secondary. Um, and like outside of AJ Terrell, kind of a wishy washy secondary where. You've got some guys showing a couple flashes, but nothing nothing significant or nothing solid. So I think Grant is kind of like the very smart pick because he can come in and kind of just fill whatever hole that you need him to. Uh, so I, I very much, very much like this pick. And obviously they hired Dean Pease to come out of retirement as their defensive coordinator, as Dean Pease likes to do every so often. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think Richie Grant's a, a nice back for, for an aggressive um, – Blitzer like DMPs. I think Richie Grant's a nice guy to have on the back end. Can play a bit of single high. 
has shown the ability to come down and cover slots, man, tight ends. Uh, really good cover yeah. guy. So I, I think it, it, it makes a lot of sense for them in terms of fit. Energy, too, for the defense, which I, uh, I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Third round, Jalen Mayfield. This was just good value. Um, guy who can play right tackle or play guard, I think guard makes most sense. I love that he's coming to what Arthur's into Arthur Smith's yeah. scheme. Um, as a guard, because he his his highlights were him as a run blocker, really aggressive, uh, plays great uh, uh, with great leverage, and and I know he tested poorly, but he looks so much better moving in space on tape than the testing says. Yeah, watch the tape. Um, yeah, I'm think, not I'm not I'm not too worried about that. And you're kicking him to guard too, um, so the, the 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 numbers look better as well. And yeah, I think he's gonna fit this scheme. Awesome. He's young as hell. Um, he's only got room to grow, and um, he honestly, I love that he showed his best when like they're kind of in the red zone or like fourth down situations. Um, I think this is going to turn into a steal. I think, I mean, I already think it's a steal, but I think it's going to be an absolute steal, and I think he's going to be one of the the key cogs of this Falcons offensive line going forward for a long time. Two fourth round picks. They, I thought a big reach with yeah. Darren Hall, but really give value in Drew Dalman. Yeah, I don't like the Darren Hall pick uh, at all. I don't really understand it. Um, again, we just said yeah. you needed more in the secondary. Uh, I don't know where the hell this came from. Did you ever draft a little grade on him? No. Um, I mean, he is a long and physical. He got cooked up at the senior yeah. bowl. I, I just didn't think he had the athletic chops to be a corner in the NFL. I thought a move to safety would probably be his best chance of landing our roster, but he goes to the fourth <laughs> round. So I don't know what the plan is there. Uh, but with Dalman, I thought he's Dalman's got the chance to be a starting center in the NFL, uh, in my eyes really fantastic zone uh, blocking center. Yeah, no. Uh, Just so, to, total understanding of angles, so quick in short areas, and just consistently climbing and sealing linebackers. I love Drew Dumb. Uh, I like Drew Dumb. I don't love him, but I think he's. He, I think he w- does have the chops to be a starting center in the NFL for a good chunk. Uh, my only knock is I love Matt Hennessy so much, so what does this mean for, for my boy, the Henny man? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think like like all things considered, this offensive line uh, adding Mayfield and Dalman um, looks a lot better. You feel a lot better than you have in 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 a couple years with you know the pieces that are already there. Um, so yeah, I, I had him a little bit lower. I know I know a lot of people were really high on Dalman, um, but I still do think you're getting a sturdy center there. Fifth round, three picks: Taquan Graham, Addy Ogundeji, and Avery Williams. Um, Taquan Graham schematically makes sense. I just didn't think it was very good value. I think like he makes sense as a as a potential five tech for DMPs, but uh, way higher than I had. Him. He feels like a kind of classic uh, Falcons swing as an ideal kind of guy. Uh, yeah, I didn't tested really well. Uh, yeah, I didn't have an, but I don't know. I don't even think it shows up in tape. He had a shitty senior bowl. Like me, <laughs> I I don't. I'm not a fan of Tikon Graham. Uh, I didn't have a draftable grade. I like that Addy pick. I do though. too. Yeah, I like I like I like Ogundeji. I liked both of the the See, matches. Yeah, yeah, and like I mean, li- yeah. Li- listen to our uh, our last episode where we just said about Dalen Hayes, and I think you could say a lot yep. of the same things about uh, Ogundeji, where she's gonna be a really safe pro. Really consistent, um, like just he—he's not like a super freaky athlete or anything. He's not the most flexible guy, but he's got decent hands, a, a solid repertoire. Uh, plays his ass off against yep. the run. Um, I think he's a, a good third guy to have at. Yeah, he's, he made a lot of flashy uh, run stops, which uh, appreciate. And like he, 
At 182, mm-hmm. if you're getting a good run defender, I think you're more than happy with that. And then Avery Williams is the best special teams player in the class, both as a covering kicks and punts and returning kicks and punts. So, uh, I mean, that I think that's just a really smart pick. I'm, I'm glad someone dropped it. Hey, I wonder if you can get the, on the field as a, as a DB in this, in this Falcons uh, roster. There's, there's some potential. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I shouldn't say I'm surprised Williams went in the fifth because we kind of thought, like like you just said, he's by far the best special teams player in the class, and uh, the, and it, thin, it thinned out a little bit, so I'm not I'm not surprised. I like the pick. It's it's fun as hell, and speaking of fun as hell, I, I love the Frank Darby pick, too, at 187. Um, didn't have a great year. Solid senior bowl. Um, obviously, the year was he was hurt, and it was nothing for Arizona State, but uh, thrown last year's tape, and there was a lot of uh, big potential plays as a downfield guy. So game at 187, I, I like that a lot. Me too. Really natural ball tracker who, yeah, a lot, in, in, on the 2019 tape, you thought he could be the next great Arizona State yeah. receiver. And obviously 2020 doesn't go the right way, but uh, definitely uh, worth really good value. In this also, uh, just a really fun dude. High energy dude. So I, I love that. I, when you're getting yeah. a guy like that late um, who's got upside in talent, I think that's, that's as, as much as you can hope for. Carolina Panthers, who I gave an A minus, the highest grade from um, the NFC. I team. also gave them an A minus, and they had a big old plus two hundred seven uh, value grade for me. They take JC Horn eight, kind of surprising, yeah. but very much worth where like the values there. Number one corner, a huge need, going to be perfect in Phil Snow's aggressive attacking scheme, where you could just let this guy play press man on an island. Uh, hey, when they played Florida. He followed Kyle Pitts at times, and now he's in the same division as Kyle Pitts. Yeah, he he. I, I thought Patrick Sertan was better, but like I, I got no issue with them taking J.C. Horn and uh, like Fitterer. You know, he was in Seattle. He saw what a legit cornerback one can do. Uh, like you said, Matt Rules just wants to build this defense. Um, if all the pieces work out, um, this is going to be a, a unit to be to be frightened of. So I, I'm I'm very cool with the pick. I like the pick. They lose Curtis Samuel in free agency, so you think maybe they could take a receiver. They go and they, they take Joe Brady's mm-hmm. uh, one of Joe Brady's targets from when he was LSU's OC and Terrace Marshall, who's nothing like Curtis Samuel, which is what I think is yeah. interesting. He's more of that. like He played a lot more slot this year at LSU, but he's a more of that natural outside big play threat, which I think gives you more versatility to play DJ more inside a little bit I was about to say more. the same thing. Yeah, um, DJ Moore can cover pretty, a lot of the Curtis yeah. Samuel duties. Yeah, exactly, and and so I think getting like Marshall's a really fun fit with DJ Moore and Robbie. Yeah, Anderson. no, Robbie Anderson obviously had a, had a big year for them last year. So yeah, Anderson and, and Marshall on the outside with DJ Moore kind of, uh, I think it's more natural in the slot, and but you can do inside outside. I think that's a it's a fun group for uh for old Sammy Darnold to kind of walk into. And then in the third round, um, two two more fun picks, Brady Christensen and Tommy Tremble. Christensen's going to be a little bit older yeah. for a rookie, but tested unbelievably. And I think he has a very good chance to be their week one starting left tackle. Uh, yeah. No, I totally agree. There's there's not much on the offensive line. Like, like Modern's entrenched, but other than that, uh, I I don't see why he wouldn't win the, the starting tackle gig. Um, I love I love his fitness yeah. in, in Joe Brady's scheme too. I think this is a really yeah. Good like player. I I didn't him as, as a top one hundred guy, but I expect him to go top one hundred, and I think this is kind of like the best spot for him. So yeah, I, I like the pick a lot. Um, and then Tremble obviously was 
knocking heads at Notre Dame as a fullback tight end hybrid. Uh, never really asked to do much as a pass catcher. Now he might be Carolina's number one tight end, but really good athlete who you know you're going to get one of the best blocking tight ends in the league yeah. out of him. Um, I, I wonder what the role is going to be for him. I, I think that is a good question. I I mean, he he's the best tight end on the roster right now. Um, I love this pick. I mean, first of all, it just screams the, the tenacity of Matt Rule. Plus, it's just a perfect fit in terms of Tremble's going to get on the field a lot early. Um, I think you'll see both. I think you'll see him as a true tight end. I think you'll see him as a fullback. Uh, I think they'll get funky with him. I think they're going to get creative. I think Joe Brady's going to have a ton of fun with Tommy Tremble. I, it's like low-key one of my favorite picks of the draft, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, it's, re- it's, it's a really yeah. fun fit. Uh, fourth round, they take the Canadian Chuba Hubbard. Um, they definitely needed depth behind Christian McCaffrey. I just, I don't know. I don't like this pick very much. I, do, I was not a fan of Chuba Hubbard's. I thought he was a late day three guy. Um, his tape, he just doesn't do a very good job creating for himself. There's a lot of big yeah. plays, but that that doesn't do much for you on passing downs. And yeah, the the lack of contact balance and vision concerned me. Um, I, too early. I also agree. Too early. Um, I don't. I don't hate it, and obviously, I'm super happy as a Canadian for Chuba Hubbard. Uh, but yeah, I kind of. I kind of agree with your your um, worries about Chuba Hubbard. Um, but as like, you know, kind of like a a, a slasher kind of. If they can kind of just <clears throat> make him more into a one cut and go, and because like you said, he doesn't create, but he he kind of tried to a little much. Like. Hubbard was a weird watch. Um, one of the more interesting evaluations, I, I think, kind of. But, but they make up for it by great value yeah. of their next four picks. In the fifth round, they get Davion Nixon and Keith Taylor. Nixon, I don't love the fit, but the value's awesome. A really splashy penetrator um, who played three-tech at Iowa. I, so he, he, I'm assuming he's going to play a little bit more five when they're in three-man. Uh, and I, I kind of like the idea of him play, playing next to Derek Brown in four-man fronts. And then Keith Taylor, a long press corner with a ton of upside, um, who could be playing earlier than you'd, you'd expect. The potential of Nixon and, and Derek Brown together in the middle is super, super fun. Uh, I'm shocked Nixon fell so far. I, have no, I, I don't know why. Like The ideal class was bad. Um, he had... One of the, if not the flashiest tapes of the IDL, IDL group, like top three, I guess. Yep. Uh, like, I had him 62nd on my board. Uh, and I thought maybe that was, again, a little bit of a factor of the class. But um, I, I thought with his upside, he could be an easy, easy uh, third-round pick. Um, so I'm shocked again, 158. I absolutely love that so much. Um, and I like the Keith Taylor pick, too, because I, I had him 121. Um, like, I thought he was, like, him and, him and Benjamin St. Juice, I thought they were, like, neck and neck. Um, so to say to see St. Juice go in the third yes, round right, and him go one sixty six, I think it's a steal. Um, and yeah, you look at the corner group. Um, <laughs> you, you got the ball on the floor, but other than that, uh, it's like I, I definitely think there's a path to Keith Taylor playing significant snaps uh, early in his career. Sixth round, they take one of your guys and one of my guys. They take your guy <laughs> and Deontay Brown. They take mine and Shai Smith. Deontay Brown, maybe not the greatest fit, but you can't pass on him this late. Just a massive human who throws people in the run game. Um, and then Shai Smith, a, a feisty mf at slot, who I think 
has a good chance to to make this roster as your fourth wide receiver or fifth wide receiver. They signed David Moore, but uh, a guy I would love as my fifth wide receiver. Yeah, I love both of these picks. And obviously, I was super on Deontay Brown. I had a second round grade on him. Uh, I didn't think he was going to in the second round, but I thought he would he would sneak into the back half of the top one hundred, one twenty at the worst. Uh, so to to get him here in the six, I I, I have no idea why. Um, uh, we've seen success from these wide body dudes that maybe don't move that well. Um, on occasion, like Aaron Banks went in the second round. I, I, I think Dr. Brown is better than him. Um, he's gonna play. He's gonna play early for the Panthers. Um, I think that's that's one of the steals. That's one of the big steals for me. And even Shai Smith is a steal. I don't want sixty five. So at two hundred four, I, I love that. Um, plus, you keep him in the Carolinas and and yeah, like uh, like you said, wide receiver five. Uh, stick around for a long time. I, I like both of these picks, but I think Brown Brown's gonna be on the field. Final. Sorry. Final two picks, a long snapper in Thomas Fletcher, but he went to Alabama, so you got to assume he's good. And then uh, Phil Hoskins, the the defensive tackle from Kentucky. Uh, Hoskins felt like a, like are you, you're taking a guy who's a way worse version of Derek Brown. <laughs> uh, and then Fletcher, you're getting J.J. Jansen, um, his, his replacement. Um, Fletcher was one of the best calls, though, when he didn't realize he got drafted and they thought he wanted him to come as a UDFA, and then they tell him he's drafting. He was pumped. That was fun. So, I, again, cool. They took a long snap for uh, whatever. Don't draft them, but yeah, it's fine. It's hard to it's hard to judge it because yeah, uh, Hoskins. It's so late. I don't know. You're just taking a guy who's probably a, a, a priority free agent who you just want to have on the yeah. roster. Uh, under the Saints, who I give a C I plus. also give a C plus too. Um. Value of negative 179, which is not good because they didn't have that many picks. <laughs> you know what kills me about them is I really like Peyton Turner as a mm-hmm. prospect, and now I have to like say this is a bad pick because value-wise it was terrible. I know. But like he, to me, is a really safe bet to, and a good, a good guy to learn behind Cam Jordan. Really athletic, really powerful, good hands, but... Honestly, it's a way better pick than a Marcus Davenport pick, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It was it was like a full thirty picks too early. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was twenty six picks too early specifically for me. I mean, but like you said, uh, the fit is good. Um, I like the player a lot. Yeah. So it's yeah, it does suck that I have to shit on the pick, but <laughs> I don't know. Like and. Is he? How much is he going to get on the field early in his career? Either right. He's going to take Marcus Davenport's job. <laughs> Another terrible pick, but sorry, the Davenport pick way worse than Peyton Turner pick. But yeah, I, I just I like the fit. Uh, I like the player. Don't like the value, and I just kind of don't know no. why he was the pick. It seems and sounds like they want. They had a couple corners they were interested in, when they couldn't move up to get one. They yeah. just took a safe bet in Peyton. Fair Turner. enough. Uh, speaking of safe bets, I thought Pete Werner was a really safe bet at sixty. Uh, I I think I liked him a lot more than yeah, Adam one hundred. Um, okay, yeah, I had him seventy, so right around where where I would have mm-hmm. taken him. I think he he's safe. They they needed someone next to Demario Davis. He's a guy who played both Will and Sam at Ohio State. Uh, played the bullet role where it's like a safety linebacker hybrid role, so he was asked to cover a ton. Um, which is always is a good thing, and he tested really well. I think just going to be a really solid outside linebacker next to Demario. The Davis. pick grew on me when I, when I, when they kind of first made it. I wasn't a huge fan, but 
then yeah, for all the reasons you just explained, uh, his fit there, his ability to cover, uh, it grew on me. It grew on me. Like in a, in a vacuum, I gave the pick a B plus, even though I, I had him forty picks lower. Like, I like it. I like they draft Zach Bond last yeah. year, and I think like Zach Bond is as your um, kind of more hybrid pass rusher linebacker, and Pete Werner as your more cover mm-hmm. linebacker. Like I think those guys are nice to contrast each other well with Demario Davis at Mike. Agreed. Uh, Paulson Adebo in the third round, kind of. I felt like he just no one talked about <laughs> no, him much right. throughout the process, maybe because the he opted out. But this is right around where I had him. I'm very comfortable with this pick. I think he's a good fit. Um, th- they play a lot of sickle high. I think he's really good in cover three, yeah. long physical press corner. Um, could could struggle a bit in man, but I don't know. I think it's a it's a good fit. Uh, and a guy where they, they have a lot of experience mm-hmm. in that defensive backfield, so he shouldn't have to be playing too, too early. No, I, I like the pick. I had him 87th, 176, so pretty much right where I had him. And like you just said, um, shouldn't have to play early. Um, a good fit in the, in the system. And a good fit in terms of he can just sit and learn. And I, I do think this pick is going to pan out for the Saints. I, I like this pick. Fourth round, they take Ian Book because he's short. Drew Brees was short. Indiana. Um, their 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 quarterback room kills me. Ian Book, Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, Jameis. Uh, is this a bottom five pick of the draft? This was like, uh, like, it it. I feel like it, it didn't get as much coverage. Maybe par- pers- partially because Trask, Mond, and uh, Mills all went in that sixty four to sixty seven mm-hmm. range, and, and but like Ian Book at the fourth round's like worse than that. Uh, yeah, I didn't have a draftable grade on him. No, um, me neither. Um, I th- I don't know. I thought he was gonna be a, like a guy I want to bring in as an undrafted guy, but you took him in the fourth round. That's yeah, crazy. like I'm not surprised he got There's drafted. Just... Uh, like I expect him to go in the sixth. You know what I mean? A team that needs a backup. They like they like his moxie. Yeah, six. Yes. But, the, the yeah. Saints, you know, like they have Jameis, they have Taysom Hill. Like, you have two backup quarterbacks right there. Why are you taking another one? Um, I hate it. I hate it. I think it's one of the worst picks of the draft. Sixth round, Landon Young, big boy, baller, Kentucky. Um, I didn't like. I I didn't hate this okay. pick. I I didn't think he was going to get drafted, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's fine. Uh, and then I kind of like the Quan Baker pick uh, in the seventh round. Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, at two fifty five, sure. I I don't I don't hate that swing. And like young, um, yeah, I didn't have a draftable grade, but like at two six, I don't really care. It's it's kind of like an underwhelming class from the Saints. Like it's it's like okay, it's like yeah, all right, yeah, whatever, C plus. <laughs> Mickey's scouting for the NBA. Sure. Um, Quan Baker, though, I think a, a tall, yeah. deep threat who's going to take Traquan Smith's job. Ooh. ooh. I definitely like – I don't know if about Call the – again, I love Traquan, but, you know, he's been so inconsistent. But I, I like the swing of Baker at 255. And, like, he is the type of receiver that they need uh, to, to, to give him a shot to. And I – in this class, I would have liked them to take a receiver earlier because – Yeah, big, big – big, maybe in the fourth round at 133. Uh, <laughs> I t- <laughs> yeah, hold on. I'm just pulling up who who would have been there. Uh, let's see, the next receiver, Jacob Harris, was the next okay, receiver. Okay, maybe not. Then, uh, then Amir Amir Smith Marset. That would have been though. a really good fit. Really good fit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Simi Fahoko would have been it, a fun one. Cornell Powell would have been a yeah. safe one. F- Frank Darby. Yeah, those were good. That would have been all really good fits for the this, this Saints. Yeah. Fahoko, I, I would have loved that, to be honest. That would have been an awesome landing spot for him. I, I would have liked that way more than the Cowboys. Anyways. Should have taken Demetric Felton. Um, and finally, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I give a C plus I also to. give a C plus to. Uh, value grade of negative 136. It's kind of so you can see Joe Treon in the first round, similar to Peyton Turner. Yes. Where, like I think it's it's a, a good fit. Uh, I don't like hate the player by any means. I just it, it, I just didn't see a first round player. You know, at, at all. Yeah. Like I, 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 like he he is a really explosive and powerful edge rusher, who just the inconsistencies uh, and the lack of flexibility like he doesn't bet he's mm-hmm. a stiff pass rusher um and, and he was really raw playing the run like you remind me a lot of sam hubbard who i think is a good football player but a first round guy no but he gets to learn behind Shaq barrett and jpp so it's like this is a really good situation yeah no i agree and it's kind of funny that like um i had turner 50 54th i had treon 63rd but like in a vacuum i gave both grades a b plus because i think they're really good homes for the players um, and yep. both guys aren't going to have to get on the field early. Um, there's not really pass to. I, I, I do think I like Treon a little more than you do. Um, I think there's a little more upside there. And I do like the thought yeah, that um, of just adding to this pass rush. And he, he's not going to have to contribute early, but you always need pass rushers. You never know when he, he's got to come in and, and get after a quarterback. So the best I, way to add to this r- roster um, is, is to add edge. So, yeah, go ahead. I, I will say, like, yeah, when you're a team like Tampa who brings back literally yeah. everyone and you don't have a blatant, blatant It's the smartest lead, position. Taking the pass rusher or taking the corner feels like always a smart move because you need – Yeah, and they have so positions. many corners. So I, I think I think pass rusher was the exactly. smartest position exactly. to go. And, and, and off, offensive line is also a, a spot to do, and, and they do they address do. that yeah. in a bit. But they take – Kyle Trask in the second round, who it's confusing because talking about fit, it's whose offense? Because he does not fit. Like, he fits nothing. Like, he is not a Bruce Arian quarterback at all. Bruce Arians is has a history of having the huge arm, downfield, gunslinging quarterbacks. Kyle Trask is the opposite of that. But he does fit more of the rhythm, attack, attack holes and zones, just make the smart play that Tom Brady you saw more of with Tom Brady yep. as, as his as Aaron's quarterback. And so I don't understand the fit. I th- also think he was like a seventh round quarterback. So I think it was a whole yeah, pick. I think this was the worst pick of this. This is probably I think the worst pick of the top one hundred. Uh, probably, probably, yeah. But it's another thing where like there's not a lot of needs on the team. Where do you go? Um, but I don't know why you go there. I like Trask more than you do. I didn't think he was a seventh round pick. I thought he was like a mid late fourth round pick, a guy that's going to be a backup in the league for a long time. Uh, can he start in a pinch? Sure, uh, but not 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 anywhere in terms of being a long term starter. Uh, so taking that sixty fourth um, is ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous, and, um, and you're so right. Like he doesn't fit anything that Bruce Arians has done uh, before Tom Brady went in there. So like. I, I, don't, I don't understand. But, hey, he's from Florida. or Well, he's not from Florida, but he went to school in Florida. Um, they're keeping him there. 
And it's funny though, because like he, it's a very similar situation that he was just in at Florida, where he's got a bunch of these really awesome wide receivers, a shit ton of pass catching off options, uh, not really a running game, but <laughs> it's it's just it's really funny. It's one of the goofier picks of the of the draft. It's one of the worst picks of the draft. Um, it's it's I, I still can't believe it happened. To be completely well, honest, okay, this is way too much Kyle. Well, we knew it was gonna happen. Okay, uh, third round. We talk about addressing when you don't have massive needs, just taking the smart positions. They do that. They take Robert Hainsey in the third round, the Admiral, a guy who played right tackle at Notre Dame, can play guard, had a good senior bowl week, really solid, safe yeah. depth pick for this offensive line. Yeah. I had him more in the mid-fourth round, but I, I, I thought it made a lot of sense for them to do this. A, a very physical run blocker with really heavy hands totally agree um safe dude i had him 120 uh so like same as you um yeah, i think i had him right yeah there too. I, 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 but like you just said can kind of plug into any spot on this offensive line in a pinch other than center so i, I didn't he, he snapped a little bit of the senior role too didn't he so yeah he did he did so the he could play all five so positions. yeah i do like he's basically the ideal backup offensive lineman in this draft for for a team that doesn't have many holes so uh, value just slightly off, but but other than that, I like I like everything else about it. Yeah, I agree. And then fourth round, it's kind of see it's it's to the for Jason Light. It's kind of fun to be able to not just draft for yeah. need and be able to take kind of a swing. You take a big swing on Jalen Darden, who I love and I think is perfect for a Bruce Arians offense with his. And a Byron Leftwich offense with his his explosive downfield ability, uh, smaller guy, kind of getting the John Brown vibes with him, who obviously Arians had in Arizona, and goes to one of the deepest wide receiver cores yeah. in the league, and um won't have to play right away, and, and and can kind of develop his release and his routes, which are the questions with him, but. I, I like this pick a lot. Yeah, three three years down the line, maybe uh, maybe get some production. Like I like, I'm not I'm not even knocking the player. It's just you know there's there's not a lot of uh, need there at all. The receiver group is awesome. Um, I wonder if there's a path to using him in a specific roles uh, early. I I guess there is, and you can get him some gadget touches. Um, yeah, maybe he wins the return job potentially. I don't know. Um. But yeah, no, I, I don't. I, again, it's like right where I had him, so I'm cool with it, and just luxury. KJ Britt in the fifth round. KJ Britt's an old school yeah. thumper who I think would have been a long term NFL starter 30 years ago. I like this pick. High high uh, IQ effort striker who just doesn't have the the cover skills to be an every down guy, but a good depth player behind Levante David and. Um, um, yeah, no, I totally agree. It's a, kind of similar to Darden, except you're not the upside. You're more just getting a safe backup. Um, and, like, this is about where I had him, too. It, it, I'm cool with the pick. Uh, and then in the seventh round, they take Chris Wilcox and Grant Stewart, who I think are both obviously special teams <laughs> picks. Chris Wilcox, a, a big, really explosive corner who I didn't have a draftable on, but I can get it. Like, I think he he's carving his career as a gunner. Yeah. And then Grant Stewart, I mean, Grant Stewart didn't have a great senior bowl, and his tape is not too spectacular, but he screams special teams. And again, when you're a team with not a lot of holes and it's pick 250 and mystery relevant, 
or two fifty one and Mister Relevant. Um, <laughs> that's they make sense. The picks make sense. Yes, for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, we give them a C plus because of the value of certain uh, uh, spots, but. When you're them, it's kind of drafting is just it's a different animal for a team like this where they're just so deep everywhere, and returning everyone in the Super Bowl champ. So it's it's a C plus, but almost with an asterisk. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I I guess they tried a little bit. Like like Tryon's obviously a long term thing. Um, I guess they're all kind of long term looks, but I think I would have went more with yeah, upside guys. But thing. they're they're cl- yeah they're clearly trying to, you know. It felt like almost like not holes, but like trying to see into the future a little bit. Where like, okay, if there's any hiccups in us trying to get back to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, where they're going to come? And like, okay, if one of the offensive linemen goes down, Hainsy can come in in a pinch. Um, if one of the receivers right. or two of the receivers go down, and we need a little more juice there, Darden can come in. Same with Britt. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think Trask is yeah. even going to be the backup, but kind of those things. So it's it makes sense in the context of we're all in on running it back. Agreed. And we'll run it back next week when we do the AFC and NFC West, AJ's faves, uh, for our final draft grades.